Hello, and welcome to Amateur Attempts. Hello, Dylan. Hello. Welcome to another Thoughtful Thursday. Yes. And our theme of this Thursday is you're obsolete. Well, that's okay. You know why? Because you buy the new upgrade version, 9.2. Welcome to 2021. 2020. Oh, shit. That's right. 2021. That's right. Where you been? Where it's, you been? It's called We're Still in 2020. We just don't realize it. You know, remember how hopeful we were? And we're like, <laughs> here comes 2021. And then it, it did actually hold the beer of 2020. It, it did. It quite literally said, hold my beer. And it, yeah, fucked us up. But anyway. Uh, so Thoughtful Thursday, this one is actually, is kind of a thinker, and mm. it's sort of a, it's not, I think it's something we're all aware of, mm. but we're just, this is a, it's just a little difficult to, to break down and, and want to deal with, so we're kind of splitting it up into two topics that are sort of related, they go into, I, I guess you could say like fallacies of parts of our culture. Yep. Um, Manipulation so of, let's say, physical and theoretical concepts. Yeah. Um, and even discussing them. So, I was watching a... Uh, YouTube video from I think it's one one Veritism. He's a he's a good science guy. And he's talking about planned obsolescence, which I was aware of. And uh, the main topic beginning is obsolescence, but also just kind of like the specific planning of basically jipping society. Yep. <laughs> As a consumer, you're getting the short end of the stick because of elite powers that be. So in this case, he was talking about how light bulbs, when they were invented, were getting better and better and lasting longer. And that was actually cut short because the, the consortium kicked in. <laughs> yeah, the, the consortium of main light bulb manufacturers were unhappy that they were getting replaced uh, less and less because they were lasting longer. So they actually designed them to once again fail quicker, like they used to. Even though the technology was getting better, they intentionally capped it at like a thousand hours, and they would get fined depending on how many hours past a thousand. Like, their, their light bulbs lasted, and they actually had an independent place that tested all the light bulbs, and you're like, holy fuck, you're probably just spending money testing how quickly they fail. Right. Um, and this happened for about, I think, 15 to 20 years, and then it kind of broke down with, with competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shows you, like, we, we have so many things that are, like, great technological revolutions and advancements. You know, things have moved so quickly. And it doesn't matter whether it's, like, consumer products, science, technology, health-related. You know, if money's involved... There's a good chance that we're getting the short, the short end of the stick, mm-hmm. and we're not getting the like ultimate the ability. The best product possible. Yeah, um, this has happened for many things, and I'm sure we're all aware of it. We or we get that sense with technology. I kind of want to go a little bit of a route, and, and it's, it's sort of a um, like a pick and choose. So light bulbs. I'm not sure people are aware. This happened with diamonds. Um, there was a diamond cart. They call them cartels, where it's just you know major manufacturers ganging up to control resources uh this happened with diamonds diamonds are not valuable mm-hmm. we have plenty of them and the only reason why we pay so much is because the supply of them is strictly controlled yep this is a known fact this is not like conspiracy theory it's it's now been known and this happened like i think 100 years ago and so they realized that if you know all the available diamonds that were being mined and sort of found all around the earth would to get released or or they create conflict diamonds such as blood diamonds essentially yeah. to promote it's like oh see we have ethical mining and there's only so yeah. many diamonds available and but reality yeah no yeah. there's a shit ton of diamonds what's that your there. grandma's ring was uh covered in blood yeah well now these ones are good <laughs> you can feel good so things like that um this happened uh, it's not quite as clear and i think it's, it's not surprising but uh some with, with some german auto manufacturers um basically they're kind of like Mercedes, BMW, Audi. I think it was mainly Mercedes, BMW. Um, 
you know, they, they kind of planned obsolescence for either like emissions cheating, mm. um, where they kind of work together to sort of fudge numbers with regulation. And I think also probably like warranty and repair related things. Um, I don't have the numbers top of my head. I remember hearing about that. And that's kind of like a gray area. It's not a super strong one. Um, and a couple things I thought about were U.S. cars. Well, um, I, could, I could talk about one thing with that yeah. all fast. Now, granted, I don't know if this is with plant obsolescence because uh, I was because they're claiming that the reason they did this, I think, was the the early SLKs, the early two thousands, where they made the whole wiring harness and other things biodegradable. Oh yeah, yeah. To save the environment. yeah, but they put it on the most important part, arguably, of the car. Mm. You know, that's <laughs> actually that's a good argument, sort of, for either or, because you could, I guess, to take, I guess, Angel's advocate. <laughs> um, Devil's advocate. Angels advocate. Case, angels? I'm okay. good. I'm good. Okay, okay. I'm right. I guess you could say they could make the honest mistake of not thinking the cars would be used for that length of term. You know, fifteen to twenty years later. Mm. You know, either the way, it's still dumb. But I'll, yeah. Well, I'll counter that though because like the thing is though because we even know like I mean cars you know they're not I mean the cab is pretty let's say seal proof overall in terms mm. of like weathering for the most part because you know we have seals and stuff like that. But for everything on the outside of the car, it's exposed to the elements for the most part. The yeah. engine, rate, all that stuff, including the wiring harnesses. I mean, yeah. that's why usually they're wrapped with, you know, now plastic, you know? Yeah, or so, like the electrical tape and stuff so like that. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it was vice versa. They claim it was for, you know, nature and, you know, biodegradable where it's, you know, safe for the environment. But it's like, but if the rest of the car takes, let's say, 15 to 20 years to actually die... And the wiring harness only takes yeah. three years to go. So, out. yeah, <laughs> that's you know you brought up a good a, a good discussion with that. So I can see where you're going. Where it's like that was the part that failed, and it's like the part that the most never part it, like it and it, it never fails. You know, it's yeah. like it's, it's a non-moving part. Yeah, you don't think your wiring harness generally is a problem. It's mechanical components attached to your car. Mm. You know that have electrical parts that move. Um, ah, it's interesting, but then also it's a case of well, they figured. At, you know, when, when they were out in, like, what, it was probably the 90s to early 2000s, I think the E-classes so. had them stuff, too, is, um, well, they probably figured they're expensive cars, though, so the people who buy them new obviously can afford it, and then who's going to be buying used German cars, you say, like, who's poor or something, who couldn't afford to, you know, to repair it, whereas if, I guess if this had happened to a normal, like, U.S. manufacturer, mm. or maybe, like, Volkswagen, or like a jab, you yeah. know, like a regular Joe car that then yeah. people who buy cheap used cars would get a Honda or, a, you know, Toyota, a Corolla, something like that. Mm. So it's, it's interesting. I, that, that is a good topic where it's like, I think it was a bad idea in general. Lots of bad yeah. ideas happen that can be from good initial ideas. Yeah. Well, so, ooh, that's a good, I also wonder what were the environmental savings if that was a calculated amount that was, you know, worth it or maybe. if it was minimal. Well, I mean, that goes on, I think partially onto our next part of it where you know, it talks about i mean general with um you know cars like we were talking about before with uh color schemes for mm. uh well initially it was like 1950s 60s cars where they purposely came out with these color schemes to basically get people to buy another new car mm. or replace their two or three year old car with a new car because yeah. it was just hotter fashion da, 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 da. yeah um same thing that could have been a scheme basically just to basically get baby people to buy another car because their car died <laughs> yeah i mean so, it, who knows? It, it, it really played on buying habits so this was mentioned in that veritism video too um and i'm thinking about it now makes sense if you think about if someone's trying to restore a car from that time frame mm. you can tell what what year it was from the bumpers and the lights yep it's like they're always just making useless changes that are just stylistically just different yeah not better not worse just different and depending on your opinion you might like it more or less 
But if it looks drastically different than your car that's three years old, even though it's the same model, you're like, oh, well, I don't know. Now my car feels old. Yep. Just like an AR. They're all the same. Just extra feature. (laughs) This one's new. So, yeah. This um, one doesn't have a front sight. Well, that's something we will (laughs) get on to shortly. um, Yeah, so that's the thing, though, with any kind of manufacturer, though, right? Yeah, usually the base of the product is completely the same. It's the exterior accessories, features, whatever you mm. want to say, that are slightly changed, but for the most part, they're not. Mm. Now, I would say, different. I think now in modern times, it's changed because generally you get facelifts every couple years now. Mm. Like it's not every two years. Normally, you get like a major facelift where like they change the bumpers and headlights, make the car updated because cars now. The, the certain model that they design every year, <laughs> every year, brighter LEDs. Um, but even still, right? That, that could be a good point, but then also German cars are leased. So that's yeah. a, so the well, three-year cycle. It's no, like, true. That, yeah, well, that that is the question. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was talking about before with, um, man, I'm drawing blank the term. Tell me the term again. Blind obsolescence? Thank you. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit with Toyota, right, with their whole TRD special colors. Mm. Like, that's probably the same thing, plant obsolescence, where it's like, hey, you know, because Toyota's, for the most part, they'll just keep going. And I can tell you it you works know. on me. If I had more money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it does show you. So, I, you know, even in, you know, I mean, going from the light bulb example to cars, I mean, other things too, you know, there's definitely, basically consumer products are only as good as what the manufacturer deems it to be. Yeah. You know, it's not really about now. I mean, beforehand it used to be, it's like, oh, we'll promise, you know, this will last a lifetime, but then companies realize, fuck, we're losing money. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, so yeah, it, 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 it depends on i guess so i think the world is sort of changing quickly right and i think the original which i think there was a time period where because things weren't moving as fast they made better products and they were either just like heavier or had more expensive materials and people just expected to pay that amount either like power tools or machinery Mm. being good examples yeah or like appliances yeah right and then they realized that you can make more money if things break and it's just a case of i guess you have to change public perception to not think that is of as a bad thing, or, mm. or sort of explain it as being reasonable. Yeah, you know, because um, I, I was thinking, for example, like Leatherman's, right? The multi-tool. Mm. They come with a twenty-five year warranty. Okay. So you're like, okay, well, I think they also realize that people rely on that product, so it has to be of high quality because you pay a premium for it. I got a better example, actually. Now, mm. speaking of warranty, have you noticed? So beforehand, it used to be hundred percent lifetime warranty, right? Now, what's the word you see in front of lifetime? Limited. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I only protect mm. certain parts. Usually, there's the parts that don't fucking ever yeah. break anyway. You know? Yeah. And I think I actually would say, would you would you think that there's kind of becoming a resurgence in that sort of customer service focus, where because there's there's lots of companies that kind of make everything now. Like mm. there's always competition for many consumer items. Oh, absolutely. They're distinguishing yeah. themselves with that customer service of like maybe you did break it by being stupid, but. We got you because we want to keep you as a long-term customer, whereas that company offers it for 15 bucks less, you know, something Maybe. similar. You know what's weird? I, like, I won't say that's, that's everyone, but I, I think there's, like, for example, the, like, the like, Amazon model, you know? That's a good question know? right there. I, that's, yeah. Well, I do wonder, because, like, for example, I mean, the audience, uh, to explain, I basically got a new laser for, you know, one of my little toys, 
And it basically was on the little manual we'll talk about if I fill out a survey, right? I get free, not, not I'm randomly picked, you know? Hmm. Sometimes sites will say if you fill out the survey, you might be randomly picked for whatever item, right? Or you get this, like extended warranty. Yeah, so this literally said if I do a, a review on this item, I get a free, um, I think it was a magnifier or whatever. Yeah, some accessory, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was only worth 15 bucks, but that's what I think is kind of interesting. So up and, cup, up and coming co- companies, right? Like cheaper ones that make basically the same product as the mainstream They're trying ones. to rapidly grow. Yeah, so even though the items, you know, I would argue are about the same reliability, it seems like whether they break or if they basically want to keep expanding, they'll either give you free shit to keep reviewing, or if something does come up, it's like, oh, here's another one just in case, you know? Yeah. What I mean? While newer companies is like, oh, not newer, sorry. Um, established companies are like, well, let's try to fix it for you before we send you another one, or you know? What yeah. I mean? So. Yeah, there's 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 a wide range of models, I guess, depending on your theory of running a business. You know, yeah. in terms of end of the day trying to make money, because I've seen that too. With uh, I have a a car scan tool, right? And it's, it was like almost three, it was, it was like two, 250 bucks. I was like, okay, well for the range of scan tools out there compared to 20 years ago and such, like That's it's not, not it's not that expensive yeah. considering they get up to thousands for name brands. Right. And they of course said post review on Amazon and we'll give you like a free little battery tester or something. And it's like, oh, I can see what you're doing, but like I shouldn't need to do that to get the good Amazon review. Your product should just be good, be good enough for me to review it. But of course, a lot of times people will just, if it's good, they just don't say anything then. They're, they're, they're just good with it. Whereas if it's bad, and that's kind of the world. This, like me, free item, sweet, I don't have to pay for something. <laughs> like, that's the, that's sort of a, which does go into later on our, our second topic on like safe spaces is like sort of a cancel culture where if it's good, people stay quiet. Yeah. If it's um, bad, and then some, I think it. some certain mindsets of traditional people like, it was just so good, I had to review it. And you're like, okay, that's not the majority of people. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's sort of a, maybe a, a more traditional view from maybe 20, 30 years ago. Um, but not anymore. So uh, I think it's interesting. So it works, I think, quite nicely, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but it doesn't work quite nicely for us. It works for these manufacturers of things. Um, so I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. So it, it happens for U.S. cars, too. I think if you just look at the quality mm. of, US man, of, of U.S. cars, I think now, I mean, they're, they're, they're varied. I mean, you could say they're, they're high quality, but in terms of reliability and, say, fit and finish. Hmm. It can depend. It can it can it can vary wildly, right? Obviously, Chevy and Dodge have been known for a while, especially late '90s, early 2000s. There's a lot of questionable well, things where you're like it's not competing very well. Well, this show you right. Like it really depends on like uh, we were talking about earlier with like either up and coming or established, right? Yeah. Because for a while, like I mean, Ford, right? They were dropping the ball on very random things, whether it be their trucks, their regular cars. They just kind of I mean, they had some prime sellers just because they were basically the biggest market share at the time, you know? Yeah. For But the reason I bring it up, because you made an interesting point about Dodge and Chevy, right? I remember the first generations of Rams that came out were actually pretty damn reliable, you know what I mean? Beefy and luxurious. Now, it's interesting to see, though, now as time goes on, that for a while, because it... It, again, Chevy, because Chevy, I mean, that's basically what was their main market, because they knew they couldn't really touch Ford sales with the F-150, so they're like, mm. we we'll probably go after Chevy, you know, yeah. and they kind of succeeded, but it's nuts to show you that just because of that initial, like, first-gen awesomeness, now Dodge is a pretty Are you talking about, player. like, the 90s or, like, decades ago, like... No, 50, no, no, I'm 60. talking about the 90s Ram. Like when With the Cummins actually, and stuff yeah, like that? Beforehand, the Dodge trucks were D100s, D2. They kept doing Ds, so yeah. D1 or 2. So, Drive the D. Yeah, so the Ram is actually a newer component of Dodge. Yeah, they but separated the actual, it, yeah. Yeah, so now the actual first-gen Dodge Ram, 
yeah. those, you know, the the late nineties into I think early two thousand was the first gen. Um is we're among the car community, they're basically cemented. I guess you, you could know. say it was the first Rams that were competitive. Like when you think of the nineties ones that you still see around. Yeah. With the loud ass Cummins. Yeah. You know. But you know, I mean people remember that. And right. that was able to give them enough basically push into the truck market to succeed. Because now I would argue that Ram makes a better product than maybe I mean definitely It definitely competes. Like, def I feel like definitely overall, at least for the heavy duty segment, definitely better than Ford. because yeah, I don't know, they're their 7.3 power strokes kind of uh, interesting. But um, Chevy, well, that's a conversation another day. But yeah. point is, you know, it does show you that if they didn't have that initial first gen, basically, ooh, ah, mm. you know what I mean? That's how they're able to yeah. succeed. Well, I I have a little more detail to add to that. So so it's interesting. So that, that was the first Dodge that people really remember is like, oh, it's a Dodge Ram of note that sold in numbers right before that. It's rare to find a Dodge pickup truck. They just they're just gone. They're just scrap heap. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting. the The main thing that sold that truck, I think, was they managed to put a vehicle together enough to be competitive. Yeah. But it still had, um, Dodge like dumb issues. Like like at that point, it wasn't Fiat Chrysler, but I do believe it was Chrysler where they have like weird suspension things where it's just a bad design and it's really a pain in the ass to replace. Um, and sort of the trucks falling apart around a good decision to partner with someone who can make a good engine. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, fuck, this thing just keeps going. Like, it keeps lasting. Yeah. But now it has it has a cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's... I mean, it's not the case anymore because that Cummins is now gone. Yeah. Which the Cummins engine, that is just forever reliable and people are like, oh, that's a halo engine. Mm-hmm. Right? For most people, they don't care. But I think some people have an awareness of, oh, it's a loud Dodge diesel. They're always around. Yeah. And so they realize, oh, it it, it goes. So well, yeah, it's 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 interesting because cars are so complex in yeah. terms of the, what people like about them. Well, I think we can sum up this part of the segment, right? So plant obsolescence is essentially planned com- adolescence. Ad- I know, right? Obsolescence, my bad. Um, yeah. So essentially, just companies that they know that they can make a product that lasts quite a while, mm. but that profit margin comes in because they sell by numbers, by yeah. volumes, not by you know reputation, unfortunately. Mm. So, which is weird to think about, but unfortunately, that's just how I think, it is. Um, to add to that, sort of the thought is, well, the, the base of this is the the core idea of the business, the leaders behind the business. Yeah. It's, it's how they figure they can either grow sales or not lose sales. It's either like, you can go by reputation or you can go by like number of units. Yeah. So, you play factor that in, like if you think of Toyota versus Dodge or Toyota versus Chevy or Chrysler products and or, or like Nissan. Yeah. Um, one lasts longer than the other. One also gets more sales, but it's also riding on reputation. Yep. And the reputation's there. Um, that kind of goes yeah. into almost our second segment with reputation. And uh, I guess I, I guess dismantling the idea of, uh, how do I put this, like, well, essentially with the same uh, concept we were talking about earlier with, you know, basically this case technology purposely being degraded so that way, you know, you have to replace it. The same problem we're experiencing with safe spaces, unfortunately, that, uh, you know, even though in theory you think, you know, safe space is like, okay, you know, I could basically talk openly about, you know, myself or, you know, about maybe an issue. But then the problem happens where, you know, the safe space, unfortunately, usually does not include any opposing ideas or thoughts. And that's what leads to what you, but earlier we're talking about a little bit of cancer culture. Um, Cancel culture, not cancer culture. We're not involved in that. So... Um, but this, you know, is an underlying problem to really the First Amendment itself. Because in theory, which, you know, it shows you, 
you know, same thing with initially consumer products. Initially, we're built on the standard of like just make them as good as possible because we want the best possible. Same thing with the First Amendment. I know we're talking about physical item versus a theoretical, you know, thought, but um, same thing with the First Amendment. It was basically built on the premise it's like, well, everyone should be able to express their viewpoint. No one should be able to be silenced. Obviously, things like hate speech are not covered, you know. But in theory, you basically should be able to, in a civilized society, be able to express your thoughts, opinions, and regardless if you're in the majority or minority. Yeah. And now it's become to a point, it's like, well, depending on what group you're in, you could just be silenced. Yeah, that's true. So, what do you think? So, I was having a thought about that. It's, it's such a wide topic of, like, it's probably one of the biggest questions we're asking, like, anyone who's a scholar or involved in politics, government, society, is just like, why are we the way we are right now? Well, we're so, like, we're just so polarized, right? Everything is just a bit much. So picture you a Congress hearing. So, Congress members, I have a question for you. Why are we the way we are? Why are all of you fuckheads here? Uh, right. And like, uh, you hit my button, Dylan, and it won't, it won't, it won't unpress. It won't unpress. Oh. Um, so, like, thinking about it, um... We live, we live in a world, where we mentioned this before, like polarization and people being on stark opposites where you're on your team mm. and that's it, right? We have labels and our ideology is our, is our identity at this mm. point. And I think, I'm not, I'm not sure to exactly to pin it down. That's, that's a, too complicated for the exact mm. reason of why we've maybe over like say the past 40 years kind of just transitioned to this where open discussion is just such, it's just so difficult. But mm. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think we mentioned it briefly. Um, in our previous episodes, but also to each other. It's just like, you know, the internet involved, the way we communicate with the internet is so stark and black and white mm. and without nuance mm. that, you know, people things just happen. You can just send like a dank tweet to someone and then you get 10,000 retweets. People are like, yeah, fuck him, right? Yeah. And then in person, you wouldn't have that conversation. Yeah. You wouldn't, it would be, you'd be like, well, I, I, I kind of want to get your opinion. I kind of want to talk with you. I don't want to just argue and just shout, right? I want to kind of explain myself and get your opinion on it. Um, and that doesn't happen. So with, I think with the safe spaces is people are just, whenever you have an unpopular opinion, like you should be allowed to have that opinion mm-hmm. and someone should be allowed to discuss why, why, why they think that you may be wrong or have the, have be misinformed. And it's a case of, well, instead of what happens is people just feel attacked. Yeah. And it's the sort of cancel culture of like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> ben Shapiro. Right. I just call, <sighs> no, no, see, I don't want to. We'll say that for another day. <laughs> yep. I don't want to, I, I don't want to well, ruin the safe space. I thought a good example. I remember uh, in 2017 where uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, I don't know how to pronounce his name, last name, but uh, he was oh supposed to do a, um, I don't know exactly what the topic of his, you know, his basically his speech was going to be, but it was supposed to be at UC is, is he Is he like a political figure or is he just a... Just in in, uh, in public domain for opinions. I don't even know what how to even sum it up, honestly. But well, that's a conversation for another day. With but he, he Not is, enough he's days. supposed to be kind of a yeah, but basically political figure that it, uh, has an influence justice, of some kind. Essentially, almost like an equal justice warrior. Okay. You know? um, so I, I think really how I got his fame initially was just basically saying some interesting like rhetoric, um, mm. but like but uh, I say conversation for another day, but. So essentially, I don't know what his speech was about. I gotta look that up later. But before he even got to UC Berkeley, that's when they basically had those crazy riots because they just didn't want him on campus at all. So without right. him even saying anything, you know, just based on his reputation alone, alone and not willing to at least listen to what he had to say, they mm. basically started to burn down a part of the campus. So oh boy, 
Yeah. No, it was interesting. So, and then of course a bunch of other people got hurt in the process, but that's not the first time we've seen stuff like that either. So it just, it's kind of interesting to see, I guess the idea of a safe space, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, this kind of like, Hey, be able to open, you know, open yourself up, talk about your personal opinions, feelings on matters. But in reality, it's really inclusive. Like yeah. It's only that culture or group, you know, like there's no yeah. outside. And there's another example that happened, uh, this is out of state. I don't remember where, but, um, Basically, this college had a, which is a long-standing tradition, they have a kind of, a, almost like a Black Appreciation Day. They've had it since, like, they're starting, essentially. Um, but because of the political culture right now with, you know, Caucasian and Blacks um, being more and more heated for various reasons, whether it's police interactions or other things. Yeah. Um, I guess they told, surprisingly, all the white students not to come to school that day. So, either way, one of the teachers who was Caucasian, he's like, no, I have a dude to teach. I'm going to go, you know? Like, I saw the yeah. classes, like, you know, I have to do. So, yeah. either way, yeah. So, that led to him almost basically getting fired, apparently. So <laughs> Getting um, fired for discrimination. Yeah. For so getting was, fired for being discriminated against. Well, it was nuts because even, which I got to pull up the full story of exactly what happened, but even, because I guess these students went so far where they were watching him, like, basically, because he rides his bike to school every day, apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, his route he took and stuff like that. I guess he, he knows he's being watched. So he went to the police on campus and said, hey, like, I don't know what's going on, but they already knew what was happening. They're like, yeah, I'd advise you take your car from now on. Like, how scary <laughs> is that to think, like, you know, you can't ride your bike around because you might get lynched just because of your color. Like, we're no, wait, was, it, was this teacher black or was this oh, the white, white teacher? Caucasian. And they thought he would be racially targeted? Yes. Why, by people? Ah, wow. Yeah. So, like I said, white teacher Oof. showed up on, you know, so, so sort of black appreciation Continued day about campus. his life. Yeah, essentially, you know. So, just being a teacher, like, <sighs> it is, yeah. So, that, so, the question is really, where does it stop? Which is why I want to talk about no safe spaces, because it, it's a problem, which I showed you earlier, too, with that video, the joke of social justice warriors, like, mm. you know... You know, Antifa, I mean, overall, I agree with the idea of, you know, there should be fascism because historically speaking, fascism is nothing but deaths and, you know, basically authoritarian governments. But it's, it's an ideology of exclusion. Yeah, or, 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 oh, no, we mean, well, yeah. it's not an ideology. It's a, just a, it's a method yeah. of but politics. But their methods of enforcing this idea yeah. are usually done through violence and hate, which is fascist. Yeah. So it's counterintuitive. Exactly. Um, so it's weird. I mean, I, I'm not saying this is the whole Antifa group. Obviously, there's probably some, you know, because Antifa is a loose coalition of groups. You know, it's a bunch of people, mm -hmm. that, you know, various, you know, regions. But um, it's still, it's one of those things. It's kind of like, so where's the limit? Yeah. You know, like, what exactly where do we, like, kind of, like, draw a line? Because you're getting to the point where it's like, this goes into caste culture a bit, where it's like, you can't really say anything without somebody being super offended and essentially just pushing you out where your opinion not only doesn't matter but you get blocked so this is we're seeing on facebook and youtube depending mm. on what you say you just basically are blocked you talked about yeah. earlier trump's tweets uh so let's go to that a bit yeah so it says it's an example on it's something that you, you don't we just won't know the answer because it just it hasn't played out of course twitter and then other social medias such have banned him from their platforms um you know pretty quickly after the capitol riots and um I, I've been listening to uh, to Ezra Klein and the Weeds and such, my usual podcasts, and they're they're, they're always generally very well versed in their opinions and sort of experience of trying to explain things in a straightforward way. They're not trying to take an angle on it, right? 
And when they have experts on, it's just general consensus is, you know, we live in a very uncertain way of communication through social media. Mm. Like there's just, there's no written laws. Our actual regulations are so old, they don't apply. Yep. Right. There's like they need to be updated, but not by the old ass people in Congress who are like, oh, it's like email. the Zuckerberg track. How does Facebook make money? <laughs> what? How does Facebook know where I am when the Internet's off? Could what? you get me my password? <laughs> but, you know, like these people cannot understand the nuance of trying to understand which it, it, no one has figured it out to this day perfectly. The uh, how do you protect free speech? Well, it's also giving people the ability to be protected from things that they find offensive or hateful, yeah. right? And we just, we don't know yet. Like, there's no Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. No one has a good answer. It's all hit and miss, right? Yeah. Um, and sort of that's that's the problem, you know, is we just, the nuance is not there. And um, it's just hard. Like, there's there, there's no good answer to that. Oh, yeah, we, we were talking about Trump. Um, and so they're like, well, what do we want to... In the in the books of history, do we want to say that we let Trump continue on his rant, and with the potential for something worse to happen if people were to follow his lead from his tweets, mm-hmm. and some worse disaster, more death would have happened, like something just worse than the Capitol riots, which but then the, versus suppression of information, right. where's the limit to that? Right, and of course, but here's here's where it gets so it gets so nuanced is Twitter's allowed to do that because it's their platform. Mm. And then, of course, is a case of, well, now the majority of communication is through private platforms. Yep. So this is an entire topic that could go on for hours that, once again, people spend their entire lives now trying to figure this out. And so this is where it gets rough is it was probably the best option to keep the most people safe. Yeah. Whilst also kind of violating least, people's ability to get... Period. We'll say that, at least for the time period. It is technically censorship, mm. but it's not censorship on public media. Yeah. It's private media where, for some reason, politics is done through Twitter. Just people just tweet, and this is like, this is facts now, right? The president's on Twitter, and that's how things get. At least out. for that president, right? And like Biden's <laughs> on Twitter. Of course, he's not directly tweeting. Someone's reform. Obama was, and it's kind of it's just the world we live in. And so that's a nuance of of like, how do we get information out there to where people can have a discourse, right? Of course, no one wants to have a discourse. They just want to feel validated. Like this whole, right? You know. I, I say polarization where you're saying well, it's, it's, it's inclusion of groups where your your group is your team. Your yes. group is your opinion. Yeah, but so that's the other part. Why I mean inclusion, yeah, exactly. But it's weird where we're going to the point because inclusion used to mean basically everybody. Involving know? everyone yeah. to have a conversation. But now it's getting to the point where inclusion only basically includes people that have, are like-minded like you. Yeah, it's including, no really including like-minded by excluding opposite-minded. Yep. Right? Um, there's There's just no way to win. You know, there's just no, there's no way to win right now. So I think that sums up the ultimate question, though, in that case, for that ending point. Also, even the First Amendment. Well, so two parts of that, I guess. One, do we, you know, do we block information, as you said yourself, basically to prevent future atrocities or, mm. you know, whatever the case may be, you know, or do we run the risk of allowing censorship to go on endlessly, potentially speaking? Mm. You know? So where is exactly, where's the cap, you know, or like, you know, exactly which way, because... It was one of the questions we're going to ask in the future with YouTube and Facebook, all these sites basically, you know, allowing forms of censorship without fully explaining, like, what mm. the premise is or, you know, or sometimes maybe over-censoring things, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those questions. And the second part is the same thing with the First Amendment. It's like, I mean, we know hate speech isn't covered, but when we get to the point where we're just blocking out anybody's opinions just because they're different from our own, you know, where do we get to the point where suddenly we're so, um, what I'm looking for, Basically, you say yourself polarized, but at this point where 
individual groups have so much sway and power where mm. it's like if something's just not right in their mindset, let's say the majority is liberal, they don't like re- they don't view Republicans like their views is right, so they just block them out. Yeah, it's the way to get to a point where it's no longer freedom of speech; it's freedom of whoever agrees with you. You know? Yeah. No, it's a good point. Um, it's it's a question that can't be answered. Uh, I think too I, the, the the one summary I can I can come up with, especially in regards to social media, to kind of finish it is. I've heard some theories that seems like the best right now is that, I mean, you should basically not block any speech. Hmm. Um, and you should have the ability to have select filters so people can decide to their individual accounts what they do and don't want to see. Hmm. But we don't have the software and kind of... Mach- a lot of it is sort of machine learning and AI-based. That's what we're waiting for because right now it's just not smart enough to get nuance. If, exactly. you ha- if you have the ability just to be putting like, in the algorithm, block the word murder. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if all of these me- medias went to less algorithm-based results, you know, because right now it's just, it's always based on, oh, well, you go down the rabbit hole of YouTube, right? Mm. So we, we get rid of that. We make it clear to where what you search is what you get. Mm. And you have the ability to filter out things that are extreme, mm. but people are allowed to post it. You know, that's yeah. the best we got right now. And that sums it up. Yeah. So that's it's a good question. I would. I mean, there's there's there so many topics to go through with this. So many different ways to break it down. So we're we're gonna definitely return to this. Yes. Um, All right, audience. Well, take care yeah. until we see you next thoughtful Thursday. Thanks for listening.